Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Art Things Considered, where we consider art. My name is Matthew Slaza. I'm Isabella Pico. I'm Sabrina Braga. And I'm Nico Williams. And we've got a great show for you this week. A little bit lacking in the video game news, but we make up for it in the nerd news. And uh, a decent amount, I might say even possibly too much, of Broadway news this week. Yeah, not... for A lot happened. A lot happened this week with, number one, if we're going to jump right into it, may I jump right into it? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, here we go. Broadway beat, guys. Sorry, I just kind (laughs) of led into it, but that's what we're going to start off with as usual. With the Beauty and the Beast live action trailer dropped this past week, and it was fantastic. (laughs) You know, we talked about the photos last week. Oh, you know, when the trailer comes, we'll see. Well, lo and behold, the trailer came, people, and it's fantastic. I know last week, well, you weren't here, Sabrina, but last week, one of my complaints with the photos was that- (laughs) You weren't here, Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah, I was dying somewhere. She's back, recovered, we set. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the listeners, she's alive. Yeah, Yeah, she's alive. She's alive, people. I survived. Yeah, say hi to the fans. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I was- Saying that I wasn't really liking how the beast was looking in the photos. I felt he was very CGI. Oh. But mm. in the trailer, my man Dan is gonna kill. He looks so good as the beast. I'm really happy with the CGI. It looks so much better in the trailer than Weren't in the photos. Weren't people complaining that the beast was too ugly? Even though his like he's a beast. That's the whole point, people. Yeah. He's supposed to be ugly. <laughs> That's actually I'm actually really happy well, with how the CGI I think came like In the animated film, he's kind of cute. You know, like he's a beast. It's like he's right. like a little. Well, because it's a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's why I appreciated yeah. how real this was. Like, it's like yeah. he's an actual beast. No, saw, he's not like, just some the cool horns, guy. The, the if, horns kind of threw me off because the, the yeah. horns weren't in the, the cartoon. But version. you know yeah, what? They were, right? um, they're there, they were, like, but they're very there. they're very tiny. But if you look oh. at the original drawings for what they were going to do for the animated, they made his horns a lot bigger. So okay. I think they've they've tapped into a lot of the original stuff that they were going to do for the animated movie. That they and, toned down, yeah. Yeah, and they're tapping into a lot of the original fairy tale stuff, it looks like. If you see, like, Maurice cutting off the flower, that's from the original fairy tale. That's not from the Disney version of it. Okay. So I think they're going to be taking a healthy amount of both okay. and, like, going half and half with them. But I'm su- I'm super excited. I, I don't <laughs> know if you guys have seen, though, when the trailer, right after the trailer came on Good Morning America, uh, the cast was doing a live feed thing on Facebook. What are those called? The live live streaming? Live. Facebook, Facebook Live. live. Facebook yeah. Live. Facebook Live. They did it with them. You're doing a thing. Yeah. You're the thing, thing, the Facebook Live. <laughs> the Facebook what, the what, what's that called there? Uh, <laughs> on the interwebs. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, anyway. Nico's impression of a person out of the webs may be the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> the interwebs. Where Give me some work, people. keep it I'm again? Here. But um, where's the Facebook Live at? Do do you want to know where it's at? Do you want to know where it's at? I can't tell you. It's probably on the Beauty and the Beast live action trailer um, page. But with the live cast, they all got together and they were answering group questions that were submitted. And it was so cool to watch their dynamic. It seemed that they all really got along with each other. And they just, it was hilarious. They were cracking jokes. They were really, they were so excited about the movie. They were so, so excited. And what I'm really excited about was that the director was there with them. And he mentioned that a lot of the set was not CGI. I'm sure not all of it, obviously, was not CGI. But yeah. he said mm-hmm. a good amount of it they did themselves. So a yeah. good I, amount. Yeah. So I think that's going to really. A very relative term. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't list like, oh, we had like 35 sets that were CGI and not, you know, whatever, this and that. Hey, guys, but, you know those sets? Some of them 
have parts that are real. Yeah. What? So, what? Well, I mean, if you think about it, have you seen the B-roll from Jungle Book? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that was all green screen. It was all green You know, screen. so. And, which is insane, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess since, like, they're not in a jungle, like, it's a castle, right? They can easily make and recreate rooms, I guess, for most of the set. And yeah. Then just obviously enhance it with CGI. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, with the Jungle Book, <laughs> a little different. A little different, yeah. with a, a little boy running around with animals. What's the most impressive thing is that that little kid managed to act that well. With you know? yeah. I know we like talked about that I was just about to say that. That guy is outstanding. Yeah, that was his first movie ever, you know that? Well, yeah, you yeah. did mention yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Some people just have it all, all the talent. <laughs> this little or, like, this or, little like six-year-old kid. Or there's the possibility he's a very lonely child. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want to I mean, think no, about I'm, that. I'm playing, you guys. <laughs> Poor Mowgli. We but. we here at Art Things Considered do not advocate lonely childhoods. We don't. Okay, mm-hmm. we're getting off. Track. Yeah, we're getting off track. Off track, but, no, but um, like really, no lonely. That's yeah, our no, weekly no PSA. Kids. Go watch the live-action Beauty and the Beast movie with your friends, kids. Um, then you won't be lonely. Exactly. Like but well, another thing they talked about, though, in the cast live feed that I really liked was one of the questions was asking Josh Gad about his comparison to doing the live-action movie compared to being on Broadway. And a big thing I like that he mentioned that, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, even though we're doing the musical numbers and stuff in the movie, it's not that same reaction you get from a crowd when you're on Broadway doing it. So that was one thing that he said that, was a big difference for him. He didn't really say whether he did or didn't like it, but he said that that was a huge difference. But with the Broadway perspective of the live-action movie, I when I last read about it last spring, they were doing some of the Broadway songs. Now, though, they haven't, they've, they're not doing any. They're not doing any of the Broadway songs, uh-huh. which I'm kind of upset about because I was really hoping If I Can't Love Her would be on there. But... We are getting three new songs instead, which I think will be kind of cool. Um, one of them is called Days, Days in the Sun. And then the other one that's out right now the, for the two titles that we have so far is that one. And then Forevermore, which will be replacing If I Can't Love Her. Because mm-hmm. the director said that If I Can't Love Her, where it's at in the movie, it's right in between like when he freaks Belle out, when she finds the rose, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, bye, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And then him going Spoilers. and saving her. Yeah, that's where the song used to be. <laughs> Spoilers, sorry if, you know, I'm ruining the movie for you. Um, that's where that song was in right there. But I could yeah, see that. a movie based on a movie. Yeah, a movie based on a movie. It's just a movie, guys. <laughs> uh, that would make sense for the live action if if I can't love her, can't fit in there. Because imagine if that scene happens and they're like, oh, you know what, we're going to stop and just do a musical number real quick, you know? That'd be kind of weird. That's true. It'd be very weird. Very true. But that was all the news I had for the live action. No, no Broadway song, sad face. But holidays, guys. Thanksgiving and what happens during Thanksgiving time. Food. Yes. Food. Yes. Parades. Yes. There we go, Matt. Good job. Uh, we have the lineup for the Thanksgiving, Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day the Parade. the one person who I, would, who I know that would say parades instead of food. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I I am only saying it because I know that's what she's going to yeah. talk about. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> but also, like we're in Broadway, so what we'd have to do with Thanksgiving and Broadway would be the parade because that's where tons of performances happen. Exactly. Um, well, here's the lineup so far. We've got Holiday Inn, Cats, uh, a preview for Hairspray Live, which will be cool. Uh, Paramore and Waitress. So I saw that and I got really excited for Waitress. I was like, oh my gosh, Waitress, you go Waitress. You Curiosity know. as to which song they're going to do. I know, too. right? I don't yeah. know. Um, I feel like they would do opening up just 
because that's such that's an the up- opener. Yeah. yeah, and it's such an upbeat number, you yeah. know? I kind of hope they do the most depressing song for the musical, so. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Just really bring <laughs> really it in. Really bring us down on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, reality yeah. check people, slap them in the face, you know? Literally. yeah. Uh, but with other I'm holiday... more excited about this piece of news. I got to tell you, I already, oh, I already ordered it. You did? Yeah. Oh, man, I have to order it too, but... Our boy, Leslie Odom Jr., who some of you may know as Aaron Burr from Hamilton, is dropping a Christmas album. I'm so excited. He has such a... Look at Sabrina's face. It's like, what? (laughs) It just seems weird to me, but like I listened to an interview where... he was talking to an NPR reporter, and he just seems like a really likable person. Like I I don't know anything about Hamilton Mm -hmm. at all, but he made me want to like listen to it. He's great. He has such an upbeat attitude. Yeah, he himself, like, he's just so talented. He really but he's also writes. really sweet and nice. And um, I only ordered it because, like, his voice for Christmas albums makes perfect Man. sense. Oh, my gosh. So the title of the album is Simply Christmas. And I've heard a bit and piece of, which one was it? Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That's on Amazon. That was the number one rated song. And oh, I, wow. I heard one little piece of it. No, not not like on all of Amazon on the album. Let me, let me correct <laughs> that real quick. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> wow. Let me correct that. Uh, but... It, it was so, it got me, got the feels, got the Christmas feels right there when I heard that little bit of the song that he did. I was like, wow, that's no, great. I feel you, man. But it's, it's a cute little album, very short, only eight songs, simple, clean cut, nice Christmas. And yeah, so when Christmas rolls around after Thanksgiving, I will be throwing that on in my car, probably going to go buy it. <laughs> It'll replace Hamilton. Yeah. Mm. Well, well <laughs> let's be honest. Will it, though? <laughs> no, probably not. But be- it'll be in the rotation yeah. along with the Hamilton mixtape. Was that the Broadway beat? That was the Broadway beat. All right, then I guess we should move on to some local theater news. Uh, we only have one show. Uh, that's the Florida Players production of Four Point Forty Eight Psychosis, which is opening this weekend. Uh, well, which is playing this weekend. It'll be November 18th through 20th. But we want to cover what'll be happening around Thanksgiving, just simply because we're not going to have a show next week for. Thanksgiving, because we'll be off and eating turkey and stuffing, right, guys? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but there will be two productions happening during, actually three productions happening uh, during that time that will be opening right after Thanksgiving. So we have the ultimate Christmas show abridged, kind of in the style of the Shakespeare, the complete works of uh, William Shakespeare abridged, where they take uh, an amalgamation of kind of acts of like Christmas acts, like a variety show, and like the the whole idea of the show is that. There are three people there for a Christmas variety show in a church, and the performers don't show up, so only the three people put on all of the different variety show acts, and it's supposed to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, that sounds kind of cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone <laughs> loves Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Christmas. See, I mean, like, I'm 50-50 on Christmas, but I do- I, I hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Matt but, is like, the Grinch. The, the show sounds kind of cool, and, uh, and usually holiday comedies are pretty darn funny, uh, especially That's like true. that. So, yeah, so that's going to be playing uh, the Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged. We'll be playing November 25th through the 18th at the Hippodrome. And the Hippodrome has two holiday shows this year. Uh, They always have their Christmas Carol showings, you know, and that'll be starting November 26th and running through December 22nd. Um, But, you know, the Ultimate Christmas Show this year, it's it's interesting. Different different kind of feel for them. I'm glad they have a comedy because the Christmas Carol, you know, it can be comedic, but it's also kind of sad. Yeah. Gets me down in the feels. Yeah, when it gets with um, what's his name, little Timmy? 
Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim with his little little messed up leg. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, no, so true, though. It's not okay. <laughs> it's too feelsy for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Ultimate Christmas Show abridged and uh, the Christmas, A Christmas Carol will both be playing at the Hippodrome starting after Thanksgiving. Whoop, uh, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, GCP, Gainesville Community Playhouse, will also be putting up a show uh, right after Thanksgiving, literally the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, it opens at the Gainesville Community Playhouse. It's a production of Little Women. I don't know if you guys know about Little Yay. Women. I love, I Little, love Women. Little Women. Well, uh, this uh, this play is actually a musical adaptation of that famous book. Interesting. Uh, obviously a classic. Uh, and that'll be running through November 25th, or starting November 25th, and through December 18th. Nothing like seeing a show to celebrate a holiday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Particularly that that show kind of seems like I don't know. It's weird. It's like not a holiday show, but it's kind of like a like a family and like it's like a warm know. family like type. Yeah, that's book that to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then the movie is definitely falls into that category yeah. too. And there's like there's a Christmas scene in there, and it's very cute. It's all very nice. <laughs> Little <laughs> women, yeah. Little women, check it out. GCP. <laughs> Oh, uh, one last thing. As promised, uh, I believe last week, uh, we have an interview with the director of the Florida Players production of 448 Psychosis. And uh, go ahead and take a listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's wonderful local theater interview segment with Miss Riley from Florida Players. She's the director of their production of 448 Psychosis, formerly thought of by me as Four Point. 48 psychosis and we're going to go ahead and talk about their production this week uh riley why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people give a little bit of a backstory as to who you are oh okay um my name's riley valenti (laughs) and i am the director of 448 psychosis i'm a approximately third year uh, approximately i transferred in the spring from english Mm -hmm. so um i'm an approximately third year theater student um, here and this is my first time directing a show. Yeah, how's that? How's the? Is it like a crazy weird step? I know you said you SM'd a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a v- interconnected but very different role to have. Like, how has that been? Um, it's been pretty interesting because as a stage manager, I saw a lot of what went on. But when I watched the you know rehearsals, I didn't watch them critically. I was often taking notes, taking blocking. Um, Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of other stuff. Uh, Thankfully, this semester, I'm also in a directing class, uh, which sort of, I got a bit of a taste. Um, Probably, I want to say, the weirdest um, and kind of hardest part uh, was the beginning with casting. Mm -hmm. I did, like, watching all of those auditions, I was like, how the heck am I supposed to, like, pick people out? (laughs) Um, It was a bit of a shock, Um, no, I can I, I can understand. I feel like that's always what I hear from first time directors too. Like, and I'm sure like I've directed some things, but directing theater though, I think that would be the hardest thing for me too because it's so much talent a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and there's so many options because you really have to sit there and think as a director and go, "What's my vision for this character?" Yeah, and was I wrong? Because sometimes you have a like predestined like vision in your head that you don't want to question right mm-hmm. away, but then someone presents something that makes you go, "Wait." Yes. Is this character completely different than I thought? Mm-hmm. Should my like presentation of this story be different? And then that's just like awful because then you're sitting there with like three or four great choices and you have to shoot yourself in the face, you know? 
because you don't want to make a decision. So I can I can definitely empathize on that. Yeah, and it was also difficult because our play doesn't have any characters. Uh, <laughs> so I had to make them up myself. Um, and I had these ideas for two of them. And apparently the actors that I cast came up to me and told me that they'd been cast as the complete opposites their entire theater career so far. <laughs> so I think people, um, one of um, our members is Melanie Scholl, which... Uh, Plenty of people in the theater building know, and she's very cute and kind of soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're going to be a little surprised by who her character is <laughs> in the show. And I think it's it's been interesting. But that definitely happened where uh, when I did callbacks, I was uh, had this weird idea that I was going to have them use all this stuff in the room. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, here are your sides. Read them, but use the room however you want. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm not going to get anything out of this. No one's going to know what to do. But quite a number of actors just surprised me with their creativity yeah. and use of space. Like one person said they wanted to throw a chair. So I was like, throw the chair. Just don't break it. <laughs> um, so, cause I knew I wanted actors that for this piece, which, you know, so much of it has to be created by our own imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed some actors that were willing and confident to make choices on their own. Yeah, and take risks. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in something that's not cut and dry. Like, this isn't something that's very scripted to the T. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a complete opposite. As as you've said, yeah. it's like, I had to create characters. I had to mold this presentation, this story. Like, th- th- you basically have to create the play. Like, Which, to me, is why I was just like, that's crazy. I mm-hmm. can't even imagine being like, that's what I want to do. Although also there was the other side of me that was like, that's a blank canvas exactly. with a great idea that I can just mold to my mm-hmm. own artistic abilities. And I started to go, oh, I just said I would never do this, but like that sounds cool. Yeah, it's nice to not be beholden to uh, a time period or a style or a location. <laughs> so uh, basically I can do whatever I want. Do you want to go ahead and talk a, a little bit just about the show? Like give a brief synopsis. Okay. Uh, you know, like if there are surprises, feel free to keep mm-hmm. it from us. But, you know, just give people a little taste. Get them out there. Okay, so basically the show, um, 448 Psychosis, uh, was Sarah Kane's last play that she wrote. And... Um, she wrote it a little while before she actually committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So it is very different in some ways than her other plays. But essentially, uh, Sarah Kane herself, prior to writing this play, was quoted as saying that her plays are like love stories. Um, and I think that even this one is about love. And it is very sad and um, can be kind of dark. But essentially, the, what I would like people to take with them if, if, and when they go to see it. Um, oh, is, when, when, right, guys, come on. <laughs> when they go Obviously, to see it. Obviously, <laughs> everyone goes to see every show we ever do. Like, it's free, so yeah. they should. Um, that's my go-to thing with Florida Players, too, is I'm always like, look, guys, because I've, I've never been disappointed by a Florida Players mm-hmm. show, and I often tout that because there are even UF productions and like professional productions that have been disappointed by. So mm-hmm. I'm like, if the free to go to shows by a f- student organization have never disappointed me, why aren't you guys going? <laughs> I just don't understand why, like other than being busy, cause like I've mm-hmm. been busy on a weekend. There's been a Florida player show and it's made me sad. Cause I'm like, I can't go. But if you're free and you're looking for something to do, like go yeah. see a show for free. Mm-hmm. That's a really amazing production and a cool, weird theater too. Like I love the Squatteri. It's so Yeah. I actually fun. have met Miss Squatteri. Mrs. Really? Squatiri. Yeah, she uh she comes into my work sometimes. I talked to her on the phone. First time she called, I saw it on the 
caller ID and I was like, Squatiri is an unusual name. So I was like, Squatiri is in the Squatiri Studio Theater? And she was like, oh, yes, yes, that's, that's I donated crazy. the money for my husband. And I, so it's pretty cool. Look at you, like you got connections, man. I do, Miss Squatiri and I are tight. That's, that's always nice. And you can be like, I use your space all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and she's like, can I just have my food? Please? <laughs> I feel like that's, that's everyone's reaction too. It's like, oh, I'm so excited to meet. Can I just not? Can we just <laughs> this pretend this didn't all happen? This happens Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm important. Like, that's how mm-hmm. I feel There's like There's like a picture are. of her too, so. So you know, like you would, you knew. Yeah. When she, that's, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, like it is a really cool space. Like mm-hmm. I love black boxes in general. Like I just feel like they're a really fun way to do experimental things in theater. Yeah. Um, and I think the black box over there near Constance is amazing too. Like don't get I me like, wrong. Yeah, I like the in, the whole in around black box experience, which you yeah. can't quite get in the Squatiri, but the Squatiri is still a pretty cool space. Yeah, the Squatiri is more of like a true local, like small black box theater. You yeah, know, you like don't think you about could it see it being the Phillips Center, yeah, or something like that. Like that exact theater somehow in the Phillips Center, but like yeah. transported somewhere else. You think it'd be in like the side of a building, like a warehouse, exactly, or just like. You know, in a like downtown, there's the kind of like the buildings that are all squished next to each other. Just be one of those. Yeah. Because it seems very like underground. It even feel it kind of feels like uh, some of the ones in New York that are just like under a bar yeah. or something. You know, that Pop you're just like, this is insane <laughs> that this exists. Yeah. It's like if you have the money to rent it and it's an open space, it's a theater. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> with or a, without chairs. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good philosophy, though. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. like I love the idea that theater can happen anywhere at any time. Yeah. Um, but I love that space. And, uh, and like you were saying, it's it's a. I'm excited for this show because it is a little bit sad, but it's also kind of like topical, you know, for right yeah. now. Yeah, what I really liked about it, and I always kind of like impress or stress with people, is that when you first read it, especially when you're reading it, um, it's really difficult to understand, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, and you don't get why she's saying the things that she's saying, mm-hmm. and then you realize it's very sad and um, depressed. She had severe depression. But what I see it as is not a suicide note. It's not self-indulgent. Um, I see it as somebody who wrote plays, was very good at writing plays, felt that she could express herself best that way, and wrote the play that she thought would help people understand why she was the way she was. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it deals with uh, you know, not being understood and not being listened to and not being able to convey exactly how she's feeling. Everyone's making assumptions about it. Nobody's like really listening to her and she's trying to fit in to what everyone believes she should be or what she thinks that she should be, but she's not able to. And everyone tells her that's a problem. And it is, you know, something that she's dealing with and it is a struggle, but they weren't trying to understand her. They were just trying to fix her. So what I see this play as is she wrote, it's very stream of consciousness and um, very dreamlike. And I think that's because she wanted you to not only hear what she was going through, but experience what she was going through. Yeah. And I can kind of see like, that's the human struggle in general, mm-hmm. you know, is like someone saying like, you should be doing this and you're not doing that and not understanding the actual perspective as to why you're not doing that. Exactly. It's not that you don't want to fit in and be normal. Like people who are depressed aren't like, man, I'm just not trying hard enough to be mm-hmm. normal. Darn, I should try harder. Like that's not the struggle. And I, feel I mean, like we people, do think that, but it's not true. Like we we, we think that to our like ourselves. We're like yeah. personally, we're like, oh man, I really gotta. But like, but people tell you, you you're not trying hard enough, that's, and that's, that's difficult. What sucks. Like yeah. it's like if I wanted to, you know, walk out of my house, I really wish I could, but you know, 
on the days where I wake up and I I, cho- I open the door, sometimes I just think, no, not today, and I can't leave. Like that's yeah, and I mean that like that's just not only is that just so true, mm-hmm. but like that's very now. Like people are talking about it. Yes, and so like the idea that there's a show just kind of makes me excited because even if like. Honestly, even if I walk in and don't like it, like mm-hmm. it's a new experience for me for theater, not specific yeah. to the show, but just like even if I don't enjoy a show, I like it's a new perspective and it's a new story. And to me with this, like even if I didn't enjoy it, I feel like it may not be meant for me to be enjoyed, may be meant for me to understand. Yeah, And so exactly. even if I'm not like, wa- I'm not going to walk out like, oh, all puppies and cuddle, like I'm not going to be ex- extremely happy because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit sad. Uh, but I think I'll, I'll really get to appreciate something. And sometimes that's better. Sometimes mm-hmm. theater is supposed to teach you. And yeah. let, it's going to sit you down mm-hmm. and it's going to learn you something, you know, sometimes that's what theater is supposed to be. And it's a story too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I, so that's kind of more interesting to me than like the normal theater, which is a musical. Let's sing along and be happy or yeah. a play that's, you know, comedy. Don't get me wrong. Those, I love those. Um, but this is just such a different show. Yeah. It's very so much. Ways. I, when I read it, I just felt like it was more of a, diary than a show like I'm not even sure that it was meant to be performed Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that it exists and one thing that I I didn't really I guess fully consider um but has come to my attention recently is that people will be coming to this who have been affected by suicide oh yeah and I know that they grapple with understanding why people do the things that they do and I I hope that this somehow helps them or, you know, allows them to, you know, maybe it doesn't exactly apply to the the person that, you know, they they lost, but that it'll at least help them to understand that, you know, it's it's a struggle and that person was going through something, but you know, I'm not exactly sure how to explain it, but just that understanding of like what they might have been going through. And I think that's going to, there are definitely some parts that are, are very intense that Mm -hmm. I think with, if you are thinking about it that way can be a little bit overwhelming, but I think overall it's a good experience to help you understand that they, they want to be healthy and they want to be normal and that they just can't well normal (laughs) um they just can't fit into what people are expecting them and then all of these influences telling them constantly that they're wrong it's not helping them it's It's not addressing the issue it's hurting them and making them feel like they can't come forward and get help or that they can't you know be fixed by society standards and i think that's what it opens up is that we don't need to address um, mental illness as something that needs to be just stamped down and fixed but as something that needs to be understood and approached as a human issue you know that this person has that because you'll hear lines over and over that are repeated in the the play that i assume that she's heard um and when you already doubt yourself and then you hear those lines, it doesn't make you think, oh, yeah, I'll just work harder. It just makes you think this isn't going to end. It's impossible. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it sort of offers them that sort of experience. Um, maybe it'll make them feel better. but Hopefully cathartic, but at the, yeah. very, least, <laughs> at the very least informative, right? Exactly. It, like, or illuminating, even if you yeah. want to avoid like information, because it mm-hmm. may not be, it may just be a feeling that they suddenly understand a little better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, that's just a really powerful message to me. Like mm-hmm. if anything else, that's a reason to go see the show is just to to be there and understand that feeling that mm-hmm. somebody had. And that even if every every person who's dealing with depression, it's an individual situation, it's unique, you know, but there are a lot of things that go cross platform, which is just like be 
being forced to accept this idea that it's fixable and mm-hmm. not like deal able to be dealt with, able to be improved or to be ta- like people want to tame it or push it down. But like mm-hmm. you kind of have to embrace and live. Yeah, you to have get to engage it. it and like work with it. So rather than feeling especially um just about medication and how you can just be put on medication after medication and you'll have be taking, you know, two, three, four, five prescriptions. And it's just like, that's not always the answer to just, you know, stick somebody on some meds. Yeah, exactly. And do that. It's, you need to, you know, listen to them and understand what they're going through to help them like help themselves basically. So it's, yeah, it deals and it addresses, um, a lot of those experiences from a first person perspective that's very interesting. So it's like going through those experiences or having those feelings, especially, you know, when it feels like the medications aren't working or when it feels like, you know, you can't feel anything, which is just terrible. Worse, yeah. So it's addressing or it's, um, you know, going through those experiences from first person in her mind. So you know how you'll think about things that are just, they don't make sense or like you'll repeat things to yourself or you'll hear things, you know, your mind isn't logical. Exactly. So it does it in that way. So you get more of that experience, what she went through rather than listen to what she went through. I mean, you've definitely got my interest. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, I'm always, I'm always game for a little bit of an experimental experience anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like the topic one is like hits home in terms of, Everyone has somebody, if you're not personally dealing with depression, everyone knows somebody close to them Mm -hmm. who's dealing with it. And so it's a very interesting topic in general, just because it is a part of everyone's daily life, whether or not it's them going through it. You have to understand and deal with that issue and not push it back. And as a society, I think that's what we're working on trying to do. It's going to be an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. But I think that for the first time, it's really being addressed that we need to stop shoving problems under and Mm -hmm. talk about them so that they won't be there to shove under. They'll just be a part of life. It won't be something we shove under. And I'm a huge advocate for, you know, talking about the things that you're going through. It's like this semester a lot. I've been, um, I've just basically come to the realization that I've got, you know, some anxiety, (laughs) some pretty bad anxiety. And it's something that I never really noticed before because I always felt like I just wasn't working hard enough. And that's what I was being told is that like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing enough to do the things that I needed to do. And that really hurt me a lot. And and it meant that I never addressed the fact that I can't control these things all the time or that when I can't breathe, I legitimately can't breathe. It's not, you know, me making it up. Yeah. And so I'm a huge advocate for, you know, being open about that, especially with people around me, because you get these impressions of people where especially, you know, directing a show, a lot of people, you know, tell me, oh, you really have it together. Oh, you know, I don't know how you can do all this all the time. And I'm like, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. Sometimes some days I absolutely do not want to face anything or I feel that I am completely out of control that I can't, you know, that I can't do this. And it just takes a lot for me to, you know, sit there and be like, no, I'm confident. I've worked really hard. I, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to accomplish. And that's, you know, I think that's helpful when I'm open about that with other people that with, if they're going through the same thing, they feel as if they can open up or they're like, you know, that sounds like something that applies to me. Might I be dealing with something that I just don't know about yet? And I think that's one of the reasons I'm extra excited that I've gotten to do this show is that we're showing that we want 
to talk about it. We want to start a dialogue mm-hmm. about it. We want people to walk out of there and be, you know, think, oh, this is something I never thought of before. Like, you know, just because bringing up like depression and anxiety and, you know, bipolar disorder, just many of the mental illnesses or mental, you know, issues that people are struggling, struggling with. When you bring it up, people don't know how to react. And they feel mm-hmm. like they have to comfort you. A lot of people feel like they got to hug you for some reason. I don't really know yeah. what that one is. Um, but It's a contact comfort addiction that we have yeah. as humans. So yeah. like, if you feel uncomfortable, you feel like the other person must feel. And, then you have mm-hmm. to and so, yeah, I just want to be able to start that dialogue and hopefully continue that where people want to talk about it, want to understand it so that people can come forward and feel more comfortable, you know, being open about their what they're dealing with in their daily lives or what they're living with. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, like if this show isn't what you hoped it would be, if it starts a dialogue, that's all you really need. Mm -hmm. Cause if theater, and that's what theater is really, when it comes down to whether it's a dialogue about, you know, Oh, this is something that's funny that we have in common. Mm -hmm. Like it can breed friendships, but also like sometimes you just need something that's not you talking or you having to be forced out of your shell Mm -hmm. that causes you to talk about something you wouldn't normally talk about. And that's, that's the show. So I guess that's the the biggest thing is like, guys, <laughs> that's the reason to go see this show, if nothing else. Uh, and to see some cool theater, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's, and honestly, like, it's, of course, changed through the the process. process and working with designers and my cast. But it's been an amazing learning experience, like getting to watch how different actors work, what helps them, um, how they grow. It's been just Immediately in the first reading, they already had like a pretty good grasp on where we were going with it. And it's just been a lot of fun working with them and exploring the space and exploring their emotions and connecting with the piece. Um, So, yeah, if it crashes and burns, (laughs) I've been in love with it. But I I think it's it's really solid. I everyone has just done a great job on this production and I am just so thrilled. It's a beautiful show. We had our first dress run today and it was just amazing to watch. Yeah. And I always feel like from a director's point of view, it's gotta be crazy to see it suddenly all put together. Yeah. yeah. I, after the like third light change, light cue, <laughs> I leaned over to my assistant director and I said, we did it. <laughs> like it's up. <laughs> yeah. We clinched it. Where's yeah. the Tony nomination? Right. Uh. It's like, yeah, we definitely need some grand awards right now. <laughs> we pulled this one through. Solid, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with anybody? Like one last thing that you know think that could get them in the chair or something that you just really feel like sharing oh, with people? Oh, it's only an hour long. That Well, there you go. <laughs> if uh, Let's end on that note because I think that just sold a couple free more, a couple more free tickets, free reservations, yeah, if you will. Exactly. Um, yeah, so obviously uh, this is Riley. She was the director of 448 Psychosis, or she is, I guess, until Sunday, uh, yeah. the director of 448 Psychosis. <laughs> well, I think um, I forever will be. <laughs> forever will be. You will always be the director. Perpetually the director of 448 Psychosis. Um, it's the Florida Players putting up this production, of course. And as you know, all their shows are free. So go to floridaplayers.org and reserve your ticket. Uh, if not, usually you can still get in if you mm-hmm. show up and get put on the standby list. But I definitely encourage you to check it out. Um, and, you know, go in just with, like, an open mind. I think that's the best thing you can do with any mm-hmm. show. But, like, particularly with something that you might be predisposed against or for, just go in with an open mind. Um, so, yeah, the show this uh, Friday through Sunday. So there's a show Friday night, uh, Saturday matinee, obviously, Saturday night, and then the Sunday matinee, and then the Sunday night show, which I feel like most shows 
or most productions don't do, but you guys always have, which I think is extremely convenient for people. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the time people c- go away for the weekend so they can actually catch the Sunday night show when they exactly. come back. Exactly. Yeah. Which is really nice. So if you miss all the other shows, Sunday night will be your save. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. No, we thank appreciate you. it. Uh, and again, guys, go see 448 Psychosis this weekend. Florida Players, Squitary Theater. Go to floraplayers.org and reserve your tickets. Um, like I said, always a pleasure to have Florida Players on the show. Our good old partner of the local theater arts. Always nice. Uh, yeah, that's that's it for Woo-hoo, local theater this local week. Local theater, da 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 da. Yes. There we go. I guess there's not that much because it's like winding down, right? Yeah. Or, it, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of holiday stuff, but that's yeah, like uh, that's what true. I was saying. Yeah, yeah. once Thanksgiving leaves. Poor Thanksgiving doesn't get its due credit for being like an enjoyable holiday. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Is Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's my mom's favorite holiday. Mine's Christmas. See, like, like Christmas is fine, and like, like I'm Jewish, so like I celebrate both. Kind of like my dad's Mm -hmm. Christian, but for me, it's like Thanksgiving is literally the only holiday that like almost everybody celebrates. Almost Mm -hmm. everybody gets off and like actually does something for. That's true. And like it's the only one with absolutely pure intentions, you know, because like even the stupid story we tell is about cooperation, even though it's kind of BS. <laughs> yeah. Like so and, yeah, and about being thankful, like it's just like such a pure holiday. It's hard to even like to, to ignore that. Yeah. My you know? mom always makes us write down what we're thankful for and then we put it in like a cup or something. And, then and you're you, not bitter about that. at all. And then you pick it. No, it's just like. I want to eat, mom, but I know she, her intentions are good and pure-hearted, and I love my mother mm-hmm. and everything she makes us do. But yeah, and then you read it, and then it's like it's just funny because like I'll look at my brothers, and I know that they just want to like dig in. <laughs> well, I think that uh, we do our discussions. We don't write things in a hat or anything, but mm-hmm. we do our discussions after the food so that everyone's actually in a good See, mood. See, I'm gonna tell her to do that this year. <laughs> you should year. suggest it. Tell her Matt said to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. like, mom, you know what? My friend, he brought this really good point up. <laughs> Why don't we just do it after we eat? That way no one's cranky and we're not like rushing through this. So it's too true. I, I highly recommended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going to bring an, an, an end to the local theater segment. And I believe that means we're going to talk about some Black Mirror. Oh, yes. So um, as you guys know, I wasn't here last week. So that gave me a lot of time to rest my <laughs> voice. And that means Netflix binge watching. So... Wait. All in unison, everybody. One, two, three. Aww. Aww. I was like, what are you talking about? I'd like to thank our in-studio audience for their participation. They, they didn't participate. That was You're the welcome. worst awe I've heard in quite some time. Moving on. I wasn't really sure what was happening. So. Me neither. I was not sure. I was like, wait, what? It's fine. The yeah, people believed it. Go yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so uh, during my... Uh, re- how do I say this? Like my relaxation. relaxation time, I was able to watch not one, but two Netflix originals, both oh. co- really, really British. The first one <laughs> is Black Mirror. It was an originally a uh, BBC TV show uh, that, yeah. Okay. yeah. I was telling people it was BBC and they're like, no, it's Netflix original. I'm like, okay. Yeah. See, it's like, I think it got canceled. I'm not really exactly sure. Yeah, I think after season two, they stopped making it, and I guess Netflix picked it up. Yeah, but it wasn't even like it was like two seasons of the show because the first season only has three episodes, and then the second season has I think four episodes, and then how many is this one? The third season. So this is the season that Netflix picked up, Uh 
And this one has six episodes, but the episodes aren't just like 43 minutes long. They're all an hour long. Nice. Well, Netflix style. Yeah. Yeah. But even no, even the um, the BBC ones, like the first episode from the first season, it was really weird. Like if you're going to start the show, I don't recommend watching it from the beginning because one, it's an anthology c- series, meaning you don't have to start it from the beginning because none uh-huh. of the characters carry over into the next episode. So you can really start wherever you want. It's kind of like um, the Twilight Zone, but for like the digital age. That's what it's being described as. And Yeah, no, I've heard that a lot. And that's yeah. what makes me want to watch it because I heard it's like Twilight Zone with more money. <laughs> yeah, Twilight Zone with more money and like not in the 1950s. <laughs> so obviously the stories are more dramatic. There's more at stake for the characters oh, than like... I don't know, whatever the Twilight Zone did, but it's really good. Like I said, don't, my opinion, don't even bother watching the first episode of the first season. Just start with episode two of season one. And then episode two was phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And then the third um, season, the one that Netflix produced, it's just like, everything is just amazing production quality and it's really great stories um my favorite one so far has been the first episode it deals a lot with like technology and most of the episodes either take place in the present or in the future but still not like star trek future like in the near future where it's just everything's the same it's kind of just technology has advanced Mm -hmm. so the first episode deals a lot with like what if you could rate people kind of like Instagram all the time. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like that, everyone is ba- rated on like a five star system. And basically your rating is kind of like your credit score. Like, wait, which show is this? Black, doesn't like Black Mirror. Two stars. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think someone, one of my coworkers at work was yeah. telling me about this and he was like, he was saying, he said, don't watch it from the beginning. Like you just yeah, said, right? Don't watch it from yeah, the beginning. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah. He was telling me because he said the rating thing too. And yeah. I was like, what? It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, There's a lot of like. terrifying though because it, it like is terrifying. freaks you out about our actual society. Yeah. It just makes you kind of realize like how people are really dependent on technology. I don't know. Because like. Personally, for me, I never had a computer until I came to college. Like, I am not a technology person. I really don't depend on technology at all. But, like, it, it still is really scary. There's episodes that's, like, dealing with hacking and everything. And hacking is, like, you know, obviously a really big concern nowadays with, like, it happening all the time. Yeah. And, you know, Russia and (laughs) everything. So, um yeah that's like one of the main focus every episode has like a different main focus so one of them could be like cell phones the other one is um maybe like virtual technology or like virtual reality and they're building a video game surrounding virtual reality all i'm saying is like it's completely unpredictable you can never guess what's going to happen usually the episodes end up going south and they don't really have a happy ending but it's still crazy like you're in it if you sit down and watch it, just know like it's gonna mess you up. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll wait till like winter break or something then. Yeah, <laughs> when but, I don't have to worry about yeah. what's happening in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on the flip side, um, I also watched another Netflix original that came out on November fourth, and it's The Crown. So <gasps> I've been wanting to yeah, watch that. I heard that. this is great. It is phenomenal. I loved it, and um. It was weird watching it in Black Mirror at the same time because it was that like... It is a weird mixture of shows. Yeah, it was weird because basically The Crown 
I don't really think there's any spoilers. It's based on history. It's all there. You know, like everything that kind of happens is already known. Like the tensions between maybe um, the queen. Oh, wait, let me explain what the crown crown is is. first. So um, the crown is Netflix's most expensive show that they've ever put out. And it's Mm -hmm. about Queen Elizabeth the second so the current queen of england it's about her when she takes over in 1952 and when her father dies she becomes queen at the age of 25 and that was really really young and so everyone's kind of like can she run our country can she be a good monarch there's a lot of things going on Mm -hmm. with being like a woman in the 50s and her husband not really being cool with her being queen and everything and so I think the trailer made it seem like there was a lot more tension between them than there actually is in the show, mm-hmm. but it's a great show. So um, there's not really any spoilers, like I was saying, because you can kind of just like Google it and it'll come up on Wikipedia. Yeah. So like all the tensions History. between her and her husband and her and like Winston Churchill, like it's it's all kind of like mm. already known. Any affair that happens, like you may have heard about it. Any deaths weren't like major spoilers. And um, but I love it. I, I'm a really big fan of history, especially like like I, I'm really fascinated by the monarchy. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it's really Same. cool. And it's kind of weird how they're like all cousins in a way. Yeah, it's kind of gross. It's creepy, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you really like history, you'll really enjoy watching the show. Um, not just because, you know, it's it's really well made, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just like the cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah, that's um, the number one thing I've heard is that it's just a beautiful show. Yeah, and one of the executive producers behind the show is actually the same person who did The Queen with Helen Mirren. And I thought that was also a very beautifully made movie and um, had like an, not an accurate, because I don't know what's accurate, what's not really, <laughs> like who will know, but a really like nice portrayal of the monarchy. And it's just cool because he did it he made this movie of the queen when she was older and now he's like working on this series that's like her come up sort of thing. Um, yeah, very pretty. The costumes are beautiful. Like you can really see now this is where the budget went towards Elizabeth. This is the queen Elizabeth, right? Who's still alive right now and kicking it, you know, grandma style in England. She's like 92 years old. She's kind of like the meme queen. Yeah. And she's been on the throne for like 50 something years isn't she um oh my gosh i read somewhere that she is now the The longest longest monarch monarch. yeah yeah it's insane she's so baller i know (laughs) she's really cool like i don't know even after like watching this show i'm like she makes so many like really ballsy decisions at being so young and i'm just like yeah "Yeah, you go girl (laughs) and it just like to put it in perspective her first prime minister when she took over as queen was Winston Churchill. That's like if we still had like if if America had a queen or a king, whatever, um, like their first president would have been Eisenhower. Yeah. So it's just weird. Like uh, she's she's definitely seen a lot of history, contributed to a lot of history, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, I I I give the show like a four five four point five. Out of, out of five, five? stars. Mm, yeah. It was bad. really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, if you're looking for something that's really plot driven, I don't think this is, this should be your go to. How go-to. many episodes? Um, I think 12. Okay. Or wow. 10. They paid a bad. lot of money per episode then. Yeah. I mean, I think the total 
of the show was like a hundred million pounds. So that's about a hundred and twenty five US dollars. Like Jesus. Millions. So yeah, but it was really great. I loved it a lot. I would definitely rewatch it, honestly, just for the aesthetics and like enjoying people talk with a British accent. And also, <laughs> um, I forgot to mention this, but Matt Smith from Doctor Who plays her husband. Solid. So he still doesn't have any eyebrows. <laughs> he, he's like a blonde in the show. Because I know in Doctor Who, he has brown hair. Oh, I miss the brown hair. Yeah, but here he's blonde, still no eyebrows. And I like his character, even though he's kind of, you know. Goofy. Goofy and kind of, you know, a 1950s <laughs> male yeah, guy true. whose wife just became the queen of England. <laughs> but it's great. I love it. So that's all I have for that. Awesome. Yeah, we'll go ahead and get into some nerd news with Nico. Okay, first up, people, we have some trade news, and it's not the world of sports. Actually, uh, this took place before the Deadpool movie release. Actually, uh, Fox... Trade news. Sorry, this is, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Fox traded the rights to Ego, the Living Planet, back to Marvel Studios so that they could change the on-screen powers of Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, she, who is the little the little teen girl who's with Colossus in the movie, in yeah. The movie, yeah. Uh, she originally had psychic powers, but as you saw in the movie, they switched it to like a kinetic explosive situation. Hmm. Uh, so in order to do that, they had to trade the rights to Ego, the living planet, back to Marvel Studios. And uh, so he will be a part of the next Guardians movie. That's cool. Because he's cool. supposed to be... He's supposed to be Peter, <clears throat> Peter's dad. Hey, Makes nice. sense. Shout out to my guy, Star-Lord. Shout out to Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Quill. Um, On the Quill. Mm-hmm. And Meister. I was also reading that uh, they didn't have a plan B for that. Oh. <laughs> if that didn't Great. happen... If that didn't happen, I don't know if we'd be getting a next movie. Oh my gosh, they would have been like, okay guys, so do you think they would mind if we just didn't make volume two? Just never came? Maybe we did like Uh, a puppet thing? (laughs) (laughs) They would have just had to really adapt the the plot probably. Yeah, exactly. Well, they were saying that Ego's supposed to be like a main character and he's like a main part of the story, so it's like... Yeah, but it could have been like... They would have to like rewrite the whole We're not seeing him, he just keeps missing him, oh no! You like that? That yeah. would have been the only yeah, unseen. What if he they just had, always referred to? They just, just done that. Just like push it off to like the end of the second movie. Been like, okay, no, it's it, it's coming this time, guys. It's coming. We pro- and then it just never. Comes. Volume three. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy though. It's impressive that that's such an important character though. Like you, five years, no, two years ago, you never would have expected that to be a thing. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because the director was saying when when he originally pitched it, he didn't even know that they didn't have the rights. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was just like, I pitched it, and then it was like, wait, we don't have the rights to that guy? <laughs> oh, no. Pitched it, does it. We're going to have to rewrite the script. Um, guys, technical difficulty. Financial difficulty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be, oh, that would have been bad. Imagine if they went through, well, they would have, the, probably well, the option would have been is just to go through with it and pay royalties, I guess. What if they knew? What if they were like, oh, you know, oh, we want to do this. I don't think we have rights to him. Like, dot, dot, dot. Let's just do it anyway and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what. Basically. So, like, there are two, like, the two main characters that are kind of in limbo in terms of rights are Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Ugh, right? right. Which is why they're in both, like, both uh, sets of movies. 
Um, so like you could kind of do something similar where like you could take the elements of that character and just make him a little different and make him the dad. You know, like you could get away with it. But no one wants to do that. Right. So that's why they traded for the rights. Yeah. Um also uh the Harley Quinn movie has a writer now. Finally. Yay. Christina ow, ow. Christina Hodson. Oh, it's a girl, yay. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean Even better. They had to. Well um, the PR nightmare you'd be that would surprised. have happened. She well, also, the, I'm saying like currently, like oh, with that yeah. being a big part of DC's, like we're being feminist. Look at us when yeah. Marvel's made all these movies and never once made a a Black yeah. Widow movie. Yeah. yeah, I'm still waiting. Marvel, it's happening. <laughs> it's coming. It, is it yeah. really though? But it's not. It's not in the next is phase, it really right? Though? Yeah, they said it'll be in phase four. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it now. So she also wrote a script for a Transformers movie that uh, is focusing on Bumblebee with Paramount. Interesting. Yeah. I don't so, care about that. Yeah, I was about to say, why is that? But why are they making another Transformers yeah. movie? I don't know. Explosions, like, man. Trans- after Transformers, what was it? Like one? four? <laughs> after, what? No. And they changed Transformers everybody. One. Transformers 2 was good. I was going to say, didn't they change everybody in the Transformers No, the, the first one was good, the second one was okay, and the third one was a mess, and the fourth one was awful, and I don't know why they keep making them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even watch Transformers it 3 does, and man. 4. So. Me neither. I can't. Man. Give my fireworks humble opinion. <laughs> Big stuff. I like Nico's advice on those movies. No, I, I mean, really, ultimately, it's just for the explosions. I mean, people go to see Michael Bay explode things. True. It's crazy because, like, you could have a 20 minute version of that film that would be better, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, oh, from what I'm hearing, the Harley movie is kind of set to be more of a, a team up type mm. thing. Mm. Isn't. Um, I mean, but it's. Ivy supposed to be in it? I mean, the thing, mm-hmm. I think it's more so going to be like a. a, a um, like an all-female team type thing. Yeah. So. That'd be, yes. be interesting. Nice. I like Poison Ivy a lot. So Yeah, yeah there are really some cool. really great uh, female villains in DC that they could really do some good stuff with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm, interested to see where it goes. Uh, this next piece is like super cool to me. Uh, yeah, Matt Owens, one of the head writers from the Luke Cage series on Mar- uh, on Netflix, he, along with Alec Morgan, uh, they're working on an Electra series that's set to release. What? what? Out of yes. nowhere. <laughs> right? That, that is out awesome. Nowhere, Just like, right? bow, slap yeah. that on the table. For Netflix? Uh, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be released on Netflix. It's set to release wow. uh, February 2017. She, that is going to be awesome. Is she in Defenders? I'm blinking right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah, is. We said, yeah, she is. Yeah. Oh. Listen to the show, Isabella. I know. That See, that's what, that's what I was blanking on. I couldn't remember if um, we said yes or no. Do they know who's playing her? I mean, um, I'm sure it's the same, yeah. the, same, the same person. She's in Daredevil season two. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. haven't seen Dirt. You yeah, have yeah, to watch Dirt. Okay. It's a great. I know. Especially I, season two. I know. I know. I would. I would argue season two is better, but the end of season two is worse than the end of season one. Nah, really? Yeah. Mm. I'm I mean, gonna watch the season it one during winter was break. Like anticlimactic for me. It was very anticlimactic. Fine to me compared to like trying to rush to an ending in season two where they just like made everything end. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I like. I thought I it was did, sloppy. I thought the season, it's like the the slow build for for season one was pretty decent. Yeah, and then I liked the direction that season two was going in, and it did kind of feel like mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, okay, we're done. I felt like they were like sloppily trying to get to a point because all of a sudden they had all these other shows coming out that they needed to connect it to. Right, and I felt like that was kind of like eh, you could have handled that better. But I mean, it wasn't awful. It was a great show. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so the this show's set to take place in Vegas. Nice, solid. It's gonna put her out of her element on purpose. Um, and 
her nemesis in the show is set to be Arcade. Ooh. I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm excited, and like, it's Netflix, and the way they've been doing these shows, I'm sure it's going to be cool, but I'm just so surprised to see well, the setting and I, the villain. I think it's more so supposed to be like the the, the, um, the clashing of styles, because she's like old school ninja, mm-hmm. and then he's like all techie. Yeah. So. It, no, I'm saying, like, I'm sure it'll be great, but I was just like, oh, I never even would have fathomed like right. I wouldn't have thought of that, so that's interesting to me. Yeah, is that uh, is that all you got for me, man? Um, yeah, I, I'd like to end my segment by uh, making reference to a joke I made earlier. We here at ATC, uh, we do not advocate for the hating of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we all here in this room, we love Christmas. All holidays, you all should love Christmas. Yeah, all holidays are good enough. Love whatever holidays you want is my message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But enjoy this season. Like, that should be the real primary thing. It's like, enjoy a time with your friends and family. Like, enjoy people actually getting to relax. Yeah, enjoy not having to go to school. Like, or work number too. one. Or work, yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, folks, if there's anybody out there listening who, who has connections, uh, get a brother some work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm out here. I'm really out oh, here. I do man. voices. I do voiceovers. I do voice <laughs> he, he doesn't just do this one voice he's doing right yeah, now. No, I, I really You're doing do. a have, bad job a of voices. showing all the different voices. Well, voices. You know, he, you know. he only shows you if you hit him up. Man of many so. voice talents. I mean, so. you know, I'm, I'm out here, you guys, you know. You can reach him at www.nicohasvoices.com. You better register that right now. Someone get on that domain name. A squatter is going to have that by the end of Friday. Nico has got voices. All right. Well, uh, just like there's plenty of comic book news out there, there's a bunch of movies out yeah. there for us to watch. Uh, Doctor Strange, number one yet again, uh, with $43 million in the box office. Trolls sticking around at the top as well with $35 million, an extra in there. None of the new ones managed to get the first or second spot. Uh, Arrival made $24 million. Uh, I heard that was great. Oh, uh, it's okay. I mean, I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. But but its ratings are pretty solid, and everyone's been raving about it. Mm. Um, and I think you'll see that be a slow burner because that's a pretty big movie. It's from Paramount, mm-hmm. but it'll be around a while. And so right. if nothing else beats it out, it'll just keep being in that three or four spot, and it'll make some decent money. Yeah. Yeah. And then in number four is Almost Christmas, also open this weekend. That's the movie we were talking about before, the Christmas movie. Yep, where it's like it's like oh, like it's a uh, Christmas, but it's not like a like oh, warm-hearted. It's like funny Christmas, you know. But mm-hmm. then it's also like sad. And funny. Yeah, it's gotten terrible reviews, but it made about fifteen million dollars, so it'll make back its budget. Its budget was like fifteen, something like that. Like it, was, it pretty much made it back its budget. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a small movie, and it's a Christmas movie. So I'm sure that if it sticks around till the holidays, even Thanksgiving, more people will go see it. Uh, it'll go a little uptick there. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Five, it's in the number five spot, open last weekend. Uh, it has $10.6 million this week. The Accountant uh, at number six with $4 million. And it's slowly, you know, I did say that's going to be a sleeper. It's going to slowly make its money back. It keeps staying right there. Yeah. And it's getting, it's almost double its budget at this point. So it's uh, it's definitely made back its money. I enjoyed it a lot, personally. But uh, I think it was a lot more serious than most people expected. And a little bit like... <laughs> darker in a way right but uh yeah so that's number six with four million or 4.4 i should say uh, number seven shut in yet another uh new movie this week open this weekend and uh that one has just been universally disliked like, <laughs> it made 3.6 million dollars which is you know, eh, not so good um and i'll get to the ratings in a minute but with critics let's just say not good not the good not good not the nobody best nobody cared <laughs> 
uh, Boo, a Medea Halloween is still in <laughs> still here. Still on there. Yes. Uh, with another $3.5 million. And you know what? That's why Tyler Perry made that movie. Yeah. I mean, he made this exact so much reason. money. Like, the budget was $20 million and it's up to $70 million. Wow. Like, that's insane. Uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, is kicking around at the bottom. That movie made, like, nothing. Uh, <laughs> it made another $3 million this weekend. And Inferno, which is sad because it's only been out for, like, what, two weeks? Uh, maybe I don't three, even know. And it's it made it made it's down to three million this week, Aww. and and it's it's only it's not even halfway to its budget yet. That movie's gone. Tom Hanks couldn't even. Tom Hanks tried. He tried, <laughs> but, but he couldn't save it. And you didn't need another sequel. Uh, yeah. So that was the top ten. Uh, most notably, uh, Doctor Strange staying on top and uh, Arrival coming in at a number three. We'll see what happens with that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but getting on to how these movies fared in the box office, uh, Arrival's at a 93% with critics, which is insane, especially for a sci-fi movie in like modern times right now. That's really, really high. Like, And, and it, it made a decent chunk of change, so it'll be interesting to see how that performs over the next couple of weeks. Hmm, interesting. Um, I love Amy Adams. I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of Amy Adams. Yeah, she's kind of like the female... Leonardo DiCaprio, where she's like consistently nominated for Oscars, but never wins. But not winning them. Yeah. yeah. And she's so overlooked. I feel so bad. But I hope that she has a big enough role where she's nominated. I mean, like, I hope so. But mm-hmm. I'm also, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie doesn't doesn't win anything. Right. You know, because right. it's, t- it's too big budget in a lot of ways. But then again, you know, The Martian won a bunch of awards the other yeah. year, like last year, that's, right? So That's true. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people didn't know about this movie too, and like it made twenty four yeah. million. So I feel like next weekend, if anything, with all the buzz around it, it'll make oh, more. Yeah, because I think that might have been part of Paramount's strategy. I mean, they don't make too many movies anymore. They and you know, a lot of them are lower budget in a way, like for a right. studio. Um, like even this one, you know, like I think the budget was, God, how much? I think it was like fifty million. Oh, so God. like for a sci fi flick, like that's really low. So yeah. I think it's like a slow burn on this movie. I really, I think we should just keep an eye on it. That's my mm-hmm. recommendation. I'm like a stock guy. Keep an eye on this one. <laughs> keep an eye on it this. It might just go it's up. It's hot right now. Yeah. Uh, and then also, of course, Almost Christmas, 47% with critics, not so good. 77% with audiences. So it's a Christmas movie. It's not going to get the best ra- ratings, but maybe it's funny. You know, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping my hopes borderline on that one. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, 86% with critics, 95% with audiences. So that's a solid reaction to that one. Uh, so, you know, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Uh, no judgment here. <laughs> uh, shut in being the last of the new movies this week to open. Uh, 0% Apparently the worst. Literally, though. Uh, 0% with critics. Like, 0%. That's insane to me. 0%. Uh, <laughs> and 28% with audiences. So not exactly doing better with audiences. They just thought it was stomachable. Um, and then, of course, opening this weekend, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So excited. Uh, this movie, I mean, I'm trying to keep my expectations low just in case because, you know, I don't want to, yeah. like, I was excited about it. But it's based on, like, such a little source material that it'll be interesting. Um, but, of course, it's set in the world of Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, but not when he's there. It's in 1926 in New York City, and it's actually about the American Wizarding World, which will be really interesting to see. Um, and it kind of focuses around, like, him getting back from his trip and observing and, you know, taking notes on all these crazy creatures and some of his creatures escape. And, you know, of course, it follows all those hijinks and stuff. Um, also opening this weekend, The Edge of Seventeen. This looks really good to me because I'm a sucker for a feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Hi- uh, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Blake Jenner, Ky- uh, Kira Sidgwick, 
Sedgwick. I always say her name wrong. She's Sedgwick, from The Closer. Right? Yeah. Uh, Kira Sedgwick, yeah. And Woody Harrelson. And it's it's like a, a coming of age story. And I like, one, I love uh, I love Haley Steinfeld and I love Woody Harrelson. So like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm game already. But it's like a comedy about a coming of age story mm-hmm. for like a young, awkward teen. So like, Haley Haley Steinfeld, she was the actress from True Grit, correct? Yeah. When she was yeah. way younger and she got nominated right. for yeah. an Oscar. Um, I think it was Golden Globe. Golden I think Globe? she was yeah, she was at the Oscars for sure. She was super True young was when nominated. it happened. But was, yeah, she's a great yeah, actress. Because that was 2010. Mm-hmm. So that's six years ago. Yeah. She's coming a long way. And I think she's 18. Yeah. So give or take she was 12. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, no, but uh, it looks really good. It, like, if you're looking for a fun, like, coming-of-age comedy that has, like, heartfelt moments, definitely worth going to see. That's honestly, even if I don't see Fantastic Beasts, I'll probably see this. Just because I love going to see that with, like, family or, with, like, with my girlfriend or with mm-hmm. a friend. It's just a nice movie. Like, that's the reason I fell in love with movies is movies like that, you know. So I'll definitely go check that out. Uh, and then Bleed for this, like, I got to be honest with you. I have no idea if I'm going to like this movie. Uh, it's the American <laughs> biopic about the boxer uh, Benny pa- uh, Pazienza. Uh, Paziencia. Pa- mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say what's, his name. He name? went by Paz. What's the name of the the, the, uh, the actor playing him? Miles Teller. He looks really intense oh, in this movie. He looks freaking wrecked. Yeah, he trained <laughs> a lot for that movie. Like he looks he like he, he really that he clearly played this wrecked. part. <laughs> from what I've seen, in, like, you know, the he previews. talked about it in a couple of interviews too, like how yeah. he really had to, like. Completely re-transform his body. Um, but yeah, not even it, just this body though. Like he looks like in this movie, like he just plays his heart out. Like, I mean, I that's the the thing is like I'm not a, usually a huge fan of boxing movies. Um, oh, really? But I do love sports movies. So like there are a couple of boxing movies that have gotten me. Um, but this cast is phenomenal. I mean, we have Miles Teller, Aaron Eckhart, Katie Segal, and Ted Levine. Wow. Uh, like that's like a, it's an all-star cast, and it's a sports movie. So like I'm torn because like the the trailer didn't get me. You know, I haven't but, seen the trailer, but I don't know. I, like the movie itself might be good, and I'm like a huge Miles Teller fan, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, uh, I'm a little uncertain on this one. Uh, you'll hear next week if I actually went to go see it, or, or I guess in two week. weeks. <laughs> yeah, in two weeks. But um, that's right. Leave leave the audience in suspense. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, leave them in suspense for uh, cliffhanger. I think I think Nico knows the answer to this. What what's up next, Nico? It gets, it gets really suspenseful around this time because I think the audience knows what time it is. It's about that part of the show where we all break down and we all take a second to step into the mind of Matt. These are Matt's thoughts. I was going to keep going. It got so deep there at the end. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabrina was like signaling to Nico, keep going. I was like, I'm telling no, you. No, I was wrapping up. Wrapping this up. is wrapping I'm up. Telling, yeah, she looked like she was running out of breath for the, for the beat. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, uh, seriously, give me some work. I got some thoughts. I'm really man. out here. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to give you some thoughts. I was like, I got some thoughts for you. Um, no, let's let's get some thoughts, man. I've got a short, uh, super short one for you guys this week, mostly just because like I knew everything else would run long partially, <laughs> but two, like I, I got to tell you, my whole week plus has been taken up by this uh, massive amount of work that teachers give you right before Thanksgiving, um, and all the projects are due, and of course everything like that. But uh, yeah, so I've been super busy, so I haven't had time to do stuff that gives me cool thoughts. Um, <laughs> but in between working on my After Effects project and all the other stuff I've been working on, uh, to keep me sane, I've been watching The Office. 
Uh, and I finally oh. got to the port of the show where Michael leaves. And oh. oh my God, I cried so hard. And I didn't expect to cry at the show ever. Like, ever. like I was like, I'm not going to cry at the show. I've cried a couple of times. Mostly like because of Pam and Jim. Always because um, of Pam and Jim. Always, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be fair, like partially also because of Pam and Jim for this episode with Michael leaving. But it's it's touchy, man. Like... I didn't even know I liked Michael Scott that much until yeah. like the last couple seasons, you know? That's how it is. That's how The Office does it, though, because like the characters aren't that innately likable, you know? But no. they just get in there. Like Andy they really do. gets in there. I love Andy. Uh, it's just, uh, so, yeah, so he left and I cried and it was great. But um, I'm looking forward to see what Will Ferrell's like on the show. I guess we'll find out. I heard that um, um his character is pretty funny on the show. That he, he that's does, where I stopped that, watching. That no one can replace Michael Scott, but Will Ferrell like his he brings I mean, the, his own character. I like Will Ferrell, but like I'm you know I'm open. I'm just a little skeptical that he's going to be as funny. He's going to be a very different type of funny, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. And then uh, my Erica thought is of course uh, massive CW crossover, Isabella. <gasps> Oh, I don't know if you've heard about this. Okay, listen, um, I am. I oh, I've got to interrupt real quick. I just finished catching up on Arrow last night. I'm not caught up on this season, so now I got to catch up. DC Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Arrow, and Flash for this season. But this crossover, go jump into it's, it. Okay, it's crazy. Tell, tell the people. Like, <laughs> literally, all the shows she just mentioned: the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow literally will all be crossed. Every cross- DC show on TV. Yes, except literally. Gotham. <laughs> oh, yeah, CW. Well, not connected though. Not connected. And a different yeah. network. A lot of a lot of barriers oh, there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow will all be crossing over in a crazy four-show crossover event wow. that will start th- at the end of the November twenty-eighth episode of Supergirl. And we'll continue the next three nights so on the different shows. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen anything like yeah, this. Yeah, because it's n- like I've heard of like cameos and crossovers, crossovers mm-hmm. yeah. with um, the same network. But well, they did it already with Flash and Arrow. I was, yeah. had... was going to say, didn't Flash and Arrow have a yeah, crossover they did just this. like earlier and in the year? Supergirl had, a, had okay. one with so I'm just out of the loop. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had the the cross. They had the crossovers with Flash and Arrow just for two episodes, like they're doing with this one. It was like a continuation of the next one, mm-hmm. right? But you know, that's so. But this is like a massive two episodes. Event. Com- yeah, compared to four, you wow. know, two compared uh-huh. to four, it's going to be huge. And four yeah, whole I mean, CW, shows. <laughs> CW is in a weird position. Like, no network has ever had four shows that were so easily interrelated yeah. on the same network. So no, it'll but... be interesting to see. It's a huge event. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you who watch the show, I imagine you are jumping up and down with joy right now. Yeah. But that's going to wrap up uh, my thought and Erica's thought. Uh, and that's going to wrap up this week's edition of Art Things Considered. My name is Matthew Slaza. I'm Isabella Pico. I'm Sabrina Braga. And I'm Nico Williams. And we considered some serious art for you guys. We'll see you next week. Enjoy. Actually, we'll see you in two weeks. I apologize. Hmm. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Grub it up. Yep, yep. Eat some stuffing for us. Lots of turkey. And pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just eat everything. Yeah, eat and everything. Watch everything. Whatever's on your table. table. Just yeah. just help yourself. You know, don't think about the consequences. There are no consequences. Just go ahead, you know, just You do can it. work out after the new year. <laughs> new Bye, year's guys. resolutions. <laughs> you know. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your holiday and enjoy your life. <laughs>